from being labelled too small, too skinny and chastised for not tackling enough to 275 games and 574 goals for St Kilda, a couple of All-Australian jerseys and some heartbreakingly close grand final appearances, Stephen Milne shares his footy journey from the rookie list at the Bombers to 13 seasons at the Saints. Numbers and your stats. Jesus, you're a good little player. Uh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to have a career after you know not getting drafted and ended up on the sub list at Essendon and then you know, you know rookie at St Kilda for a couple of years. So yeah. um, did my hard yard dearly, playing I think 50 or 60 games VFL game before I played AFL, and then you don't go through the numbers until kind of st- this pops up and yeah. you think you're pretty lucky. I mean, from, from the from the outside. Looking in, we played a lot of footy against each other. Um, it always looked like you, like that were the only yards you did, the hard yards. Yep. But as I said, when you look at the numbers, your numbers stack up against anybody's at St Kilda and against most people against the game. Yeah, when you look back at it now, Ben, this is my fifth year out now. Mm. Um, time does fly. And when you do go back through the numbers and all you do a sportsman's night and someone um, kind of mentions it, you do think, you know, I did... You know, have a have a pretty good career and make kind of the best out of my ability. Um, obviously, getting you know overlooked in a couple of drafts and you know, doing them hard yards, and I think you still got to do the hard yards. And I still didn't really feel comfortable until probably 0405 till I was 24, 25, 50, 60 games in to think my you know spot was cemented. And then um, you know, kind of 15 years later, 270 games. You look back at it now; it's five years out and. Got to work for yeah. a living, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> now, you didn't get drafted, but you were at Essendon for a little bit, and then that's when you got the chance from St Kilda. Yeah. So, I mean, why didn't you get drafted? Um, too small, too skinny, didn't tackle enough. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of pretty good years at, at the Stingways, um, kind of, you know, winning leading goal kicking both years, a kind of a small forward, and we had some pretty good players um, that were playing then, your, your Favola and... Trent Crowe and Jack Atene and Travis Johnson who went number one um, we had two good years so not that I wasn't a bit stiff but I thought I did everything I could to you know put my name up there played back and then it was a top up player you could play fill in for the VFL team yeah. and I filled in for Richmond for two games in a row went up to Sydney and kicked four in the SCG then come <laughs> to Front Road and kicked three as a top up player when you could pick an under 18 uh, player yeah. to top up yeah. um, obviously it doesn't happen these days and then uh Got up, looked, didn't get asked for a pre-season anywhere and did my pre-season at Frankston. Um, and lucky enough that I was good mates with Adam Ramanaskis who got drafted in my year and they were short of numbers and Adrian Dodoro rang and said, do you want to come and play a practice match at Whit Noble? And ended up playing three practice matches, you know, kicked about three or four in each one and they said, come and you can be on the sub list under Terry Danaher, getting 300 bucks a game, so... So you, you effectively got your look in the door because your good mate that you played with, Adam Ramanaskis, yep. pushed you up. Yeah, Doro. Yeah, that's basically hundred percent it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's history. Those small forwards are one of the hardest <laughs> positions to play. 
and to consistently kick goals. And you did that as a junior. Yeah, it was just because of mate. Yeah, just pretty lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably as a junior, I probably played that small kind of leading forward, not that kind of small forward. Yeah, and I probably did that at Stingrays as well. So the probably recruiters looked at me and said, you know, he probably is a small forward, but he plays a bit tall and he won't be able to make it, you know, in the AFL. So yeah. it was just by coincidence that um, I was good, good match with Rama, and they were shorter numbers. And I remember I was doing a traineeship at Patterson River Secondary College, and I was on camp and uh, got the call and said I'm leaving straight away and <laughs> drove as quick as I could to Witten Oval. Yeah, I bet. And then so you've had a, a one year of Essendon. Yeah, one year of Essendon and then remember going to mum and dad's room to check the answer machine and Johnny Beveridge, the, the famous Johnny Beveridge, yeah. um, left a message and said we'd like to look, look at you on the rookie list, do you want to come and do a pre-season at Moorabbin? And I said, bloody oath, because I was driving to Windy Hill every day <laughs> um, with Rama going back to, back to home in between trainings, two sessions a day, when yeah. it was 7am and then go home and then come back at 3. And then Moorabbin was only 20 minutes from kind of Hampton Park, so I did a pre-season there and then they ended up picking me, um, I remember 23, four, I can't remember, in the 20s um, in the rookie draft in, in 2000. So there the are no guarantees when you came to training. Um, that first stint pre the rookie draft. Yep. You'd have been training with some of the all time greats. Yeah, it was pretty though. it was pretty full on back then. It was your Lowys, your Harveys, um, your Burks, your Wakelands, uh, your Heat Jason Heatley, yeah. um, Tony Brown, Ozzy Jones, <laughs> um, and I'm this little skinny kid from Hampton Park. Yeah. Saying, What's going on here? Um, but I was lucky enough to, you know, have a good year in the twos and um, and then Blighty come across. Tim Watson was the first and killed a coach. Yeah. And then he kind of got eliminated in SARS during that year. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Blighty took, took over after that. And then, obviously, that didn't go, end well. And then uh, Tomo took after that. Yeah. Um, so, and then Ross took over. And then Scotty took over. So, five, pretty lucky that these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't remember who it was the other day that said 10 coaches in 12 years or something. Yeah. So, clubs. I mean, we never you know, played a lot of football against each other. Never played with On. you. You, you seem to be the antagonistic, a small forward getting under you know, the opposition's skin. Is that how you train? Is that when you first got to St Kilda and you're running out of these legends, were you the cheeky little sort of... Yeah, first of all, you always was. Mum's got a family of, of uh, 11, 11, uh, 11 eight, eight, eight sisters, three brothers, and they were always kind of up and about and you know, causing mischief, so I was always, mum was always loud and... Um, so I suppose growing up I was always loud and when I kicked the goal probably over celebrated a little bit um, my junior career and Stingrays and um, you know Rossi Lyon always said just be who you are and um, even in the junior days I was, I was kind of that didn't really change and yeah. I probably had to you know hold it back a little bit because I was up and about too much in, in the early days yeah. and just no one to be serious and no one to, <laughs> when to have a good time so um, you know time and place for everything but yeah, I've always kind of been like that once so you know, get, get in the field, you just want to win and yeah. do whatever you can, you know, within the rules to, to, to win the game, if that's celebrating or, you know, getting under someone's skin by a bit of sledging and stuff, it's uh, always good fun, but be the first after the game to, you know, have a beer and shake his hand. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a time and a place for that and within the team, that's so important to have that, that infectious character. Was there a time where the senior guys, when you were a young player, had to put you aside and say, mate, just... Yeah, there, there was certain times, just probably during training and stuff, it wasn't kind of, you know, a, a certain time where they said, you know, enough's enough, it was just, 
that's just who I was. I was always kind of loud and, you know, wanted to get the, the party started on the field, off the field, and yeah. um, just kind of loved playing footy. I was pretty lucky to, you know, walk into a footy club and just be up and about and try and get everyone, everyone going. There's certain times where everyone just got out of bed and I'm just the same at 7am or 7pm. <laughs> I the hate boys. those blokes. <laughs> you're trying to wake up. And then, you know, you get in the ocean and only, no one's splashing them and you can... I've got a few guys fired up, but uh, no, all, all in good fun. Yeah, all in good fun. Yeah, Fraser tried to drown me a couple of times. He hated it. He hated it. Berkey didn't like it. Um, but it's all, all in good fun. All yeah. in good fun. Walking into the club with some of those guys, who, who were you attracted to? Was there, was there one of those guys that put the arm around you and, and they became a bit of a mentor? Yeah, the first kind of um, year is probably Aussie Jones. Aussie yeah. Jones was... Um, from Beaconsfield, I was from Hampton Park, mm-hmm. um, kind of bumped into him here and there, and um, and then he was probably the old, older guy that kind of um, my mentor a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then the guys kind of around my age, you know, your Lenny Hayes, Stephen Baker, and kind of Troy Swartz, um, that the other kind of four that kind of you just gravitate to, and um, knew they trained their absolute backside off, uh, but then off the field, you know, Bakes and I were a bit of a Bit of a tandem team, um, you know, doing some Saint Scared skits and you know having a bit of fun as well. So um, that was the guys, but I was pretty lucky. Uh, you know, over my career, I've still got a good balance of guys that I speak to now that are playing at the army, Jackie Stevens and and Gears compared to Bates, O nine, O ten crew, Dells, um, you know, Cozzy, Ruby, etc. Yeah. And still speak to you know really good match with Fraser and Hamill stuff. So I got a pretty good. Which I'm pretty lucky. Um, must have done something good along the way. That didn't annoy him too much to kind of keep that balance of kind of older, younger, and, and new guys. We, we said at the start, I'm looking at some of those numbers and stats 275 games, 574 goals. Fraser Gary, for example, kicked 390 goals. Do you remind him every now and again? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. I've kind of said to you, you don't really go through them numbers until then, but now I mentioned that. Now you mentioned that, I might actually remind him the next time I see him. Um, I did see him last week. He's uh, going really well, the big G train. Yeah. He's uh, under the radar, doesn't like the spotlight, so I should get him in here once, but I think he'll knock you back. <laughs> it might take a while. He'd have some yarns? Yeah, oh yeah, he's got some good ones, folks. Yeah, yeah he's got some good ones. Um, and, I mean, you, you averaged 2.11 goals per game, which, as I said, as a small forward, is absolutely remarkable. Rewalk, for example, averaged 2.14 goals a game. You spoke about some of the older guys you've played with. Across the board, who are the some of the more memorable players, teammates, um, champions of a game that you respect really highly? Yeah, well, obviously the two guys um, kind of mentioned before, obviously Willie, he's um, you know, a six-time All-Australian, six or seven, best and first. Um, you know, most games ever to captain the club, he was just a truly inspirational guy on and off the field. Um, obviously, you know, doing really well now in the, in the media, the way he talks and yeah. um, and stuff like that. He sets a, sets a standard for the guy, young guys, older guys. Um, you know, he's probably the best I've, I've ever played with. Um, just what he went through with his body um, to get himself right week in, week out. To have that many injuries kind of early um, and then kind of 09, 010, you know, wait before the grannies and you know, not before the grand final, he's at, at the hospital getting his knee drained, you know, doing, you know, warm up, you know, trying to test his knee, running up and down the, the, the hallway this to is the, grand the, final. the grand final. No, no, not one of them, yeah, not before yeah. the grand final, just to, just to get right. Um, yeah. And no one ever knows that. I think it's, 
in his book, which I've only got about two pages and got a bit of a headache and a big reader. But, um, but what he went through and, and his knees when he was saying he was cooked and that kind of just determined, never met a more mentally strong guy than, yeah. than kind of Rui. Um, and then there's the, the Robert Harvey who... Obviously, I was lucky enough to play in all these memorabilia, um, mem- memorabilia games, not memorabilia, um, the games where you did the most for the, uh, for the team, 345 or 373. Yeah. Um, we broke all the records. Um, and the way he trained um, week in, week out, and just no, no um, idea about his body and what his body was telling him, he just thought, more cases I get into my body, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up doing a few uh, after hour sessions with him after training, and <laughs> I couldn't last. So really just, <laughs> we've already done 10k, and he would just do another 10, yeah. just running up and down the oval. Yeah. Um, and you, you never forget that as a kind of kid going through you to see the best, and that's why back to back Brownlow's and one of the greatest St Kilda players of all time. Yeah. Um, and then you got guys like Lenny who kind of learn a lot from halves kind of that midfield resilience to, you know, keep going and going and until your you know, opponent's absolutely cooked. So they're probably the they're probably the top three, um, you know, work rate, mentally strong, would do anything for you. Yeah. Um, and really good blokes as well. As a as a club you had some incredibly successful years without achieving the ultimate, getting so close. Why couldn't you Get, that, get, that, get over that last hurdle. It's a good question. Bit of luck. Um, bit of luck on kind of both days, I reckon. Um, yeah. We couldn't have done any more in that kind of 09, 010, 11 period um, to get across the line. You know, even though the Conway game that was a draw, we probably missed the boat in 09. It's probably the one that hurts the most. Yeah. Um, you know, which kind of everything just kind of didn't go our way. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, Tommy Hawkins. Point we missed a couple of sodas ourselves. I didn't have the best day. It was pouring down with rain. Um, you know the scarlet toe poke. It just kind of wasn't meant to be. And to the boys' credit, as you know yourself, to kind of get back on the horse and go again, it's probably tougher than you know climbing that mountain for the first time. Yeah. As you know, the bulldogs are kind of finding out at the moment, and obviously Adelaide um, this year and. To go so close, so to tower before, just we still catch up. It's like we did win one without kind of getting it, so we can still look each other in the eye and know we didn't, you know, leave any stone unturned to try and get that ultimate success. But it would have been, you know, pretty special to be the second, you know, premiership team in it because not that anyone look at you differently, but uh, they probably would really. <laughs> and then I'd probably have me second and only tattoo, but um, <laughs> it is what it is. We, you know, we can look at each other, we still, you know, regularly catch up and it's like, not, it didn't happen, but there's still an empty bit of a, you know, hole there. So that, that, that's interesting in itself, in that even though you didn't achieve the ultimate success as a group, I mean, you, in your eyes, you did everything you possibly could and so that was still seen as a success to some extent. Yeah, it was. And I just don't think it was kind of that, it was that bond that we had that Ross made the players hard in that kind of since he started in 07. You remember, you know, you could probably mention a time where you have that kind of crisis meeting and it kind of turns your season or turns mm-hmm. the tenures of the footy club. And I remember it was 4-8 and playing West Coast over there and, and we, we had to have one and we had that meeting and since then we won the last 11 and I think got pumped in the final, but then our way we made the finals and then 09 kind of kind of started that... Yeah. The bubble and you know whatever it takes and sacrifice and 
um, stuff like that. So, so what, what happens in that meeting where you're at crisis point? Yep. Um, and the coach calls you in. How does it then play out? Well, it's probably more the honesty kind of session where where does everyone think they're at compared to what where the coaches think they're at compared to, you know, Brad Sewell might think he's here, but then. Stephen Milne might think Brad Saul's there, so he thinks he's a 6 out of 10, but yeah. I think he's a 3 out of 10, he's got to do extra. So until you get that, that feedback, but it was more, it wasn't as a team, we were kind of, um, there's a few individuals who were playing well, but it was more as a team and working together as a team instead of individuals not worrying about your career, yeah. just to, you know, you sacrifice, you've got to sacrifice a lot of things, and, and it was just one of them swatting up, swatting analysis, um, strength. Weakness, opportunities, threats. Um, what's everyone kind of scared of? What's our strengths? What's our weaknesses? Opportunities going forward, and trying to leave no stone unturned. And I remember it was when we played over there, and it was just kind of, you know, the twenty-two players um, and the coaches, and that's kind of when the the bubble kind of started, and no one was allowed in. Everything was kept in house, and Ross would back us to the hilt, and unfortunately, we just just didn't get there. Yeah. And so then, the Geelong. Topo moment, uh, not quite, but galvanised the group to then go again, and then the draw. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. The draw, obviously, the Geelong one was kind of heartbreaking because we got that close for the best team, obviously, all year by a mile. Mm. Um, that kind of hurt the most, and then to get back on the horse. I remember getting home that night after silly Sunday, Mad Monday, and I was kind of done. I didn't want to play anymore. It's just too hard to get through, and. Yeah. You know, bursting out in tears is a bit of, bit of drunk, but um, yeah. it's just, you know, enough's enough. You know, yeah. you've... This is after Geelong. This is after Geelong. You can't go through it again and the pre-season and the meetings and... So, just to backtrack a, a little bit, sorry, mate. Yeah. You were the best team for the year, but Geelong came out on the day and were better than you. Yeah. Did, were you cocky? Were you arrogant? Um, or were they just, they just have a better day than, than your yeah, team? Yeah, no, I don't think we were cocky and arrogant. We always thought we were going to win. Um, but obviously we, we just missed opportunities on the day kind of you know, I haven't watched the tape but I've seen the highlights of you know a little bit of it and there's some goals that we missed that we should have kicked there's some chances obviously we had to review the tape the, um, we reviewed it in New Zealand I think yeah. on our pre-season camp and we reviewed it pretty heavily so that was probably the most daunting uh, movie most daunting review I've kind of had in, in my time um, in Queenstown did Ross really pick it apart yeah he? he did it was it was full on um, and it was just we just missed opportunities and just didn't take the game on kind of try to save it and you know keep it as close as we did because we weren't a high scoring game and yeah. a couple of things that were going our way during the year kind of didn't go our way mm-hmm. um, kind of on grand final day and a few of us kind of had poor games and you know I put my hand up for that and you know, a lot of the other guys did as well, but was it, was it an emotional meeting? Um, it was, yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, a couple of guys got up and got, not apologised, but just said, you know, that won't happen again, and you know, let it, let the best get better get over me and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but to get back on the horse, you know, straight away was a special kind of thing to do, and we all kind of made a pact that you know we can't let that be, you know. You know, be, be the security footy club will be the group that we want to be known as. So we got back on it and just pushed and pushed and pushed each other till we, you know, got the breaking point and nearly got there again. And then there's the kind of one of the draw, and the draw probably took the most out of us. And it was just a big, probably two year build up of us being drained and cooked and knackered. And, and then they kind of just 
Oh, yeah, one of the fell legs in the yeah. in the in the replay. I remember the draw vividly. We were actually there as a, yeah. as a group, I think. Um, and you know, as a spectator, it was just bizarre, completely eerie. Yeah, unknown. I can't imagine what that was like standing on the field, knowing that you were just this oh, close. No, it was. It was just most empties of being on you know on a footy field ever. Mm. It was just nothing to do. Hundred thousand people dead quiet. It was just. Bizarre, then they give the North Smith medal to Lenny that, you know, not that anyone accept it, but, you know, like, look back at it now, but... You wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> go to the change rooms and, um, you know, all the change rooms are flooded, so all our bags were drenched and we had to move to the other other change rooms and all the family were down and we had massive nights of celebrations because we were going to win and then all of a sudden all the supporters went back there and we all, all had... I think we were staying at the casino, everyone was staying in hotels, we had to can that. Then we had a obviously a, a meeting first thing on the Sunday. So what, what, happened, what happens as soon as the siren goes? Cause this, this, I find this really interesting because yeah. it looked like from the outside you guys had gone one way and Collingwood sort of approached it differently. Yeah, so what, I've what, seen that. What, yeah. was it, what was the conversation? What was the rhetoric like? Uh, well, first we went to walk off and it was just what happened is, you know, how did it get to that? Because we were 30. Yeah, two points down at half time, and to get back in another two five minutes each way, you know, I think we would have over, you know, overrun them. But then we couldn't get our bag, so we go in, and then obviously the coaches and the general manager at the time, Hutchie, was just trying to work out where we go from there. No aftermatch, get home, got to get recovery, got to do everything we can. So I think we went to a swimming pool straight after, and then went to send our families and let's have a meeting first thing Sunday morning. So we had a meeting. Hotel Brighton on the roof there and just try to, what's everyone feeling, you know, where are we going to go from here, we've got to get back on the horse pretty quick, got the psychiatrist in just to talk to everyone because it's never really happened before and, yeah. and stuff like that and then it was alright, let's, you know, get your footy boots on, we're going for a kick and, you know, let's take two. So um, was, it, was, there a, was there a sense of almost dread given that? Oh, well, the sense of where emotional drain you'd said from you know two years prior and coming so it was it was you got to go through all that emotional turmoil and just getting the tickets. Obviously, you've been a couple of grand finals, getting the tickets ready, ringing the family, and everyone wants stories. We had Hong Kong booked for the footy trip, had to cancel that that I'd organised. So a couple of boys didn't get their money back. A couple of (laughs) did. So I did that. Obviously, first thing on the Monday, and they said, "Don't worry about that. We'll organise it all." So. Um, baby would write and I'm pretty happy with that yeah. um, but it was just kind of everything else going around and you've still got to focus on a footy game another grand final which was just bizarre but once we got back to the club we all just you know obviously you know, made another pact that let's just do everything we can let's get to the beach three times every day let's um, you know fuel up eat the right food it was just you know we've got to get got to go again because we could make history again we've got another opportunity to, to make history and, and Obviously, it was a long day at the office on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah, so we got so it every minute. Once he Shaw did that smother on Rui, it was kind of yeah. Even being out there, he just kind of felt that we were just you know running on eggshells. We were just nervous and we just run out of legs. It's been a big kind of two, two and a half, three years of. So that, that's sort of what you put it down to, almost that the runway was too. Yeah, we just run out. Yeah, run out of room. Literally one point. Yeah. Short on the runway. Yeah. And then there was a cliff. Yeah, and then we just were hanging on the edge of the cliff for about a quarter and a half and then fell off, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, obviously 2012, obviously, um, 
yeah, moved to Freo and more stories come after that. <laughs> is it? I mean, I would imagine part of the importance of the group getting together and still having that strong collective bond is is cathartic. It helps you guys kind of talk about it. And yeah, no, it does. And when we do catch up, it's like obviously working now and everyone's got kids and but when we do catch up it's like we're still at the footy club every day still the same story still the same yarn still me being loud just laughing carrying on and yeah. everyone's saying you know be quiet let's order it's still exactly the same seeing Nicky Dell picked up Tyson from uh, the footy club the other day and Nicky Dell was down there and it was just I hadn't seen it about oh, three or four weeks but it was still like I seen him yesterday with yeah. the club together doing weights or whatever so it's still that kind of same banter and that same kind of bond that when you do see all the boys yeah um, also that WhatsApp group now, there's, you know, texts on that, and it's just the same stuff, same guys saying the nerdy things, same guys <laughs> saying the funny things, me taking the P-I-S-S out of them all, and yeah. so it's just that banter which will go for, you know, which will go forever, which, you know, pretty lucky, but obviously there's that little hole there, but you can't dwell on that forever, so it is what it is, and you move on, and just, uh, yeah, sun comes up tomorrow. Are there, are there any moments in, in, in those games or during your career that you Kind of really subtle points where you just go, oh, oh, again. not really. There's obviously the bounce, but the bounce, you know, from here to the end of the table. So I've been, you know, asked that millions yeah. of times. Um, could have died for would have been one of them ones. If I died for it, it would have bounced over my head and it wouldn't look like a, you know. Um, so if I could have got it, I would have because I was literally right in the goal square. So, um, but I don't, you know, go to sleep saying, you know, what if there's a couple of. Other occasions where you just think should I run harder there or here or there, you know, but that's just a game of footy, you know, you're always thinking what if of every game, it's nothing that I haven't lost sleep over or the team's lost sleep over, um, or anyone's kind of grabbed me one of the players and said, why didn't you grab that, you know, so, um, you know, I'm kind of really never, never serious or anything which at work and the kind of the draw which Channel 7 did a while ago. That's probably the most serious that I've kind of been in an interview. Um, obviously watching it, they had it there and how far it was away and, and stuff like that to how close you could have been, you know, could have been to become a premiership player, yeah. you know, two and two years, you know, not a just premiership player, like, you know, we were 30 seconds off going kind of back to back, you know, so yeah. you look a lot like that. Um, yeah, I don't, this isn't a leading question, but for, for a lot, so much of our game, in terms of it being judged a success is pinned around the ultimate, right? Now, your career was a success. Yes? Yeah, yeah, I'd you, say it was, yeah. 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 And in, in, terms of, in terms of that period of time you were at the club, it was a hugely successful period of time. But just, just without... Yeah, something missing. Yeah, no, I totally agree, yeah. Well, I totally agree, totally agree. There's always just something missing and, you know, like if you're do all your sportsman's nights or you do this or you do anything and you got that, you know, premiership player next to you, you not that you get any more benefits, but I think you you do because not that people look at you different, they um it's just a bit of a special feeling that you got that over your over your uh, over yourself or yeah. or it's in your in your pedigree that you're you're a premiership player and I do think that people do get gigs because they've played in premierships and this and that but because they've gone to the top and they know what it's like and um, it is hard. You need, you know, very good leaders to get you there, and very good leaders to get you across the line. Um, and yeah, there's probably that's the one thing that's kind of yeah, obviously missing, and you can't change that. And I was lucky enough to play country footy and still play now. And you know, I won three years in a row after I left 
St Kilda and to win one, you know, the first year after, knowing the feeling that I won with you know, a family friend for 30 years compared to what it would have been like for the AFL, it would have been, you know, like over the moon as you you've been lucky enough to win one there's that, that feeling and that, that bond and that mateship forever we've still got that but there's as you said there's that this little kind of thing yeah yeah missing funny though that, that, that mateship and that bond is, is what you get out of that feeling and yeah, you've yeah. got that yeah. anyway so it's, yeah yeah I know totally agree with what you're saying being, being one of the legends of the football club one of the really um, interesting moves of the Saints I guess over the past 10 to 20 years has been the move to Seaford yeah how do you remember that period of time and how you reflect on, on that strategic yeah, period? Nothing, nothing great about it. Um, it was, oh, well, when you're playing, you don't really get tied up in that, you know what I mean? So it's just the marketing team and the board do what they've got to do and as players, you just get told where to go. Yep. So we loved Moorabbin that's where the bond kind of started at Moorabbin, going to Hampton Street, going to Bay Street mm. and eating lunch and stuff to get that you know, two or three hours out of the club because it's meeting after meeting, as you know. Yes. Um, and just that two or three hours away, just, you know, absolutely talking nonsense and having a coffee and then nothing to go back. Where when you were at Seaford, it was kind of, you were there and you were there all day. There was kind of no escape. Um, it was, you know, wouldn't say an A-grade facility, but they did a really good job. But over kind of a hundred poker machines, what they, you know, didn't allow at Moorabbin, which I don't know the full story because you're just playing and concentrating. Yeah. You just kind of hear stories, um, and now all of a sudden, 10 years later, they're back there and I'm dropping my son off there to train for, you know, under 18, so who, who would have known what would have happened if we stayed there? Would it be different? If we did, uh, uh, probably not, you probably, everyone probably thinks it is, but probably not, you just have to deal with what you had, yep. and I remember we just had two spa baths or ice baths on the knees, and in there to the cows, come home after training and just watching, you know, a little TV box, you know, Channel 10 News. and yeah. But it probably it wouldn't be different, but, you know, I didn't like weights at the best of times. So they even had more weights, it wouldn't be indifferent for me. So, <laughs> um, But we did have very, very poor facilities, um, you know, with pigeons and possums running around in the roof and all that. It was a bit dangerous at stages, but now it's a first-class facility what, now. What was it dangerous? Oh, well, there's pigeons and there's plaster hanging off, the, hanging off the roof while you're doing weights and stuff like that. Um, but we made the most of it, and yeah. as you said, we were in, in that bubble. And I see Seaford was good, but there's a lot of the guys that were obviously Brighton boys and Sandingham and Cheltenham and um, oh, Joey's in Kilda, yeah. uh, Port Melbourne driving down the uh, East Link to Seaford and back. It's a long day for them boys. <laughs> it wasn't too bad for me, only 20 minutes down. <laughs> I get the impression you reminded them of that a little bit too. Yeah, I do. I do. I was in Cheltenham and Port Melbourne, but it's good now that they're back at Moorabbin and. Yeah. Hopefully bigger and better things once you're back there because it's uh, hard of the footy club. Yeah, I mean, is it is it difficult for you now watching the footy club in the way it is? In the book, it the is. Players? I said to Dale yesterday, last night, when I seen Dale, I said it's it's tough. I haven't watched many games. I was saying before that I still love footy and I'm still playing. I haven't played my dummy hammy, but yeah. never done a hammy. But um, <laughs> it is. It's a Friday night and they're on, but obviously we're not going great to the night on Friday nights. But it was about. Uh, Six weeks ago, I didn't do nothing on a couple of Saturday nights, and I just went home and the Saints were on, and it was pretty tough to sit in there watching kind of how they're going about it and kind of going through that rut, rut of, you know, where are we as a footy club and what do I do as an individual and do I just try and play well to save my career or, you know, and when I got there, I was part of a, uh, the Saints. I won you know, 2000, 99, 2000, 2001. 
But I kind of only had that 0102. And then we kind of started coming good, three or four. But that's kind of, I've left um, on all the boys. As I said, I've been out five years. They've been, haven't, been, haven't made finals for yeah. longer than that, seven or eight. So it's, they're in a bit of a um, tough situation, but um, they've just got to find a way to get out of it. You're right, since that core group of you boys that have left, it's been almost been a slow decline yeah, for has. one reason or another. Can you put your finger on... Oh well, we we were, put, we were pretty lucky. We had a lot of a lot of leaders, like when we were kind of um, going through that stage. So if two or three were out, two or three would come in. They wouldn't all kind of miss anyone. Um, and I've been involved um, in the footy club for a while now, just with my son, the father son program, which is two or three times a year. Um, but it's just um, it's hard to put a finger on it because you're not behind the scenes and. You know, like, I'm not sure if Gears was ready, you know, he probably ready to be captain, but just anyone else there, an older guy, if we had to stay there around one more year, would that have been better, or, or Joey? I just think, yeah, I lack a bit of leadership at times, and um, just a bit scared to take the game on, but as you say, that's just by watching it yeah. um, on, on the TV and not knowing anything that goes on, on behind closed doors. I know that I'd be all, you know, training their absolute backside off to be fit and yeah. strong and run out games, but... Obviously, the opposition are just a bit better at the moment. And you, you mentioned you've got a son involved in the father-son program down there at the Saints. That must be a great thing yeah, for you. It's it's good. It's uh, freaky how quick time goes because all of a sudden I was playing there five years ago, and now he's sixteen and a half and kind of really? training down there. Yeah, so um, no, he's going okay, mate. The Dragons list, and so he's played a couple of games now, just as a bottom major. So um, he's held his own. He didn't look out of place. So. Um, you got the old man covered, one out in the square? Or it's, he uh, thinks he does at the moment. I don't know if I've got him in a wrestle at the moment. He's uh, a bit taller than me and he's got a bit of attitude, which kind of taught him. Um, <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> uh, no, he's going well. He's, he's, um, now the coach has said he's like kind of the last four to six weeks. He's kind of come on a length and bound. So if he can play another four or five games this year, just get a bit of a taste for it and kind of play as many as he can as a, as a top agent next year. Yep. Um, you, know, you know, who knows? So. And, and you mentioned this has been your fifth year out of the game now yep. what's that transition process been like yep it was pretty uh, full on early obviously had a bit of stuff going on behind the scenes early days and um, couldn't get a job for about a year or so um, did a bit of work with uh, the, the great Fraser Garrick at yeah. Tough Turf yeah. loved that which he's absolutely killing it and that was actually labouring and doing the hard yards and yeah. I'm no handyman and <laughs> I think he's seen that I was no handyman so I uh, took a couple of months off and Took the family to Thailand for a month and just, my missus wanted to live over there, but yeah. a bit hard to make any money over there, Dale, yeah. so he had to come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was lucky enough to um, meet Robbie Kearns, obviously, who you, who you know well, yeah. through the Melbourne Storm, and um, who was involved in a cleaning company and had some mates in Sydney that were looking for a guy in Melbourne to kind of be state manager of Command 51, so I kind of jumped into that part-time and... Yeah. Three and, uh, reckon about three years, three and a half years later, um, started with ten sites, and now I've got about fifty-five oh, wow. kind of sites anywhere from um, commercial cafes, restaurants. Look after Neil Perry's groups, Rockpool, Spice Temple, Rosetta, um, all the burger projects. So, um, just saying to one of the girls downstairs, got the Albion and uh, the precinct um, as well that are pretty full on and clean up your own mess. Yes, <laughs> haven't been there yet. Haven't been there yet. <laughs> Uh, old motel days that bumped into you a couple of times that we had a couple of, couple of drinks but I haven't been in the oven yet and there in the morning cleaning up yeah. Um, but yeah it's, the cleaning company's going good so 
um, you know, start early. Um, you know, you got to check all the sites behind yeah. them before lunchtime, but it's keeping me on my toes. And so I've got about 30, 35 cleaners underneath me that I kind of manage and kind of meet the managers, you know, every day just to make sure all the sites are good to, good for service. So it's going well. Yeah. And you, you sort of touched on the Saints before, but do you enjoy watching the game today? There's been a lot of talk recently. Um, yeah, no, not really. I still think the game's in good stead. I don't. Um, obviously buy into the game stoppages and stuff I think I think all the, the teams aren't going so well at the moment are just very young and inexperienced where the good games of footy which I did watch on Sunday because uh, I was at almost Geelong Richmond it was actually a good game of footy to watch so I just think all the talk about new rule changes a couple of them that, that, that I've heard that a few clubs are trialling but I just think it's uh, I think it's in every competition in all around Australia, if you get your yeah. good teams that are, it's a good game of footy. If you get your bottom teams, it's a, you know, kind of chalk and cheese. So, I think the game's in, you know, in good stead, and I'm going to the Saints Carlton in a couple of weeks, which should be a blockbuster. <laughs> um, the President's Lunch. So, um, that'll be the first game I've been to for a couple of years. So, yeah, um, I'll get there. But uh, if the Saints are on at home, I'll, I'll sit down and watch and cheer yeah. like I'm still playing and um, celebrate. But there hasn't been much celebrating, but. Um, out of jail last week but hopefully it's yeah. up and on, onwards from there we'll wrap things up shortly I'm just going to do a quick word association yep. so I'll throw a few names at you yep. and what's the first thing that pops to mind Tim Watson um got me donuts actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'd be an argument with Tim on radio one day yeah he didn't say good day to me or anything so um yeah nice guy but didn't give me anything as coach <laughs> disappointing <laughs> great Thomas um unique unique yeah uh, Russ Lyon uh, Second father Scotty Waters Different Lenny Hayes uh, Superstar Rui uh, Gentleman Del Santo um, Fat ankles <laughs> Legend as well The great Mandel He's my footy trick roommate So good Mandel We'll leave that one <laughs> um, Joey uh, Very opinionated Joey Yes, loves a good d and loves a good argument. Yeah. yeah, good man, Joey. And loves Cozzy. his footy too. Yeah, yeah. Loves his footy. Knows it very well. Cozzy? Cozzy, um, good, to be, good to be around until about 2 o'clock, but after 2, don't be around Cos. <laughs> what about Bully? Bully, um, sarcastic. BJ? BJ, angry. <laughs> Fraser Gary? Or, um, he'd probably be in the grand type, like unique, very um, different... Quite achiever, yeah. quite achiever phrase. When was when was the last time you cried? Oh, good. Um, I cried now and then in a movie, like one or two tears. I can't remember the movie, but last time I probably cried was probably the uh, um, my first 2014 grand final. Strathfield would say, yeah. yeah, my first my first grand final um, after the game. Um, and we'll wrap up with. If you could have four others on a footy trip with you, who would they be? Stephen Baker is definitely number one. Um, Aussie Jones, number two. And I'll take a um, bit of left field, I'll take Shane Warne. Shane Warne, very good. Shane Warne. And I will not go into reasons <laughs> as to ask him why. I would take Warnie. Uh... Um, Millie, thanks very much for coming along. I've really enjoyed the chat. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. We're talking footy